Hey everybody, and welcome to this week's episode of KK Side Presents. Uh, we're changing things up a little bit. Uh, I am not actually Bonko. Sorry to disappoint. Uh, my name is Jack Gornick. I am a brother from Alpha Zeta at Indiana University, and I currently serve as North Central District President. But the reason that I'm here with you today is because I'm also a part of the National Nominations Committee. And from now until National Convention, we'll be interviewing our candidates for National Council and Board of Trustees. Uh, and what better way to start than by interviewing our candidate for National President? She is a brother from Ada Alpha at Lock Haven University. She has served as district president, helped write the road to wisdom, the inner circle, and is a part of the founder's circle as a keynote speaker. She's previously served as vice president for student affairs and is currently your vice president for colonization and membership. I'm pleased to welcome to KKSI Presents, Jessica Lee. Hi, Jack. Thank you for this opportunity to visit with you and to visit with the Brotherhood via the podcast. Um, if you've listened uh, to previous seasons of the podcast, I got to do it for two years and it was awesome. So um, I'm excited to hop back into an episode with you. Awesome. So I, I think first thing that we should do is just talk a little bit about Jessica Lee as, as a person. So can you tell us a little bit about yourself personally and professionally? Yeah. Um, my favorite color is pink. Um, <laughs> I have two children. Um, I have, and if you're ever in a Zoom call, you have probably seen um, my daughter, aka the Hot Mess Express. Um, Emmy is seven. Uh, Jackson is 10, going to be 11. Um, I have two doggies. Um, we are a Boston Terrier family. Um, so we have um, Muffy, um, who's a Boston Terrier. She's a big diva. And then uh, we have Holly, um, that's a mini schnauzer. I live in East Texas, uh, right outside of Tyler. Um, and uh, I am married to Jack Lee, who is a former national president and who has served, um, now serves on the board of trustees, but it has served in national leadership for over 10 years. Um, so we will be, it, you have, assuming I am elected, um, we will be the first husband and wife um, to have been national president, will be, which will be kind of crazy. Um, I, professionally, I am a director of secondary curriculum and instruction for Bullard ISD, which is a 4A school district of 2,800 students, um, like I said, just outside Tyler. Um, in my job, uh, I do instructional coaching. I oversee um, all the purchasing of curriculum. I'm a the district testing coordinator for our state testing. Um, I also uh, work with principals on professional development, presenting professional development, um, and we assist with uh, the implementation of federal programs. Um, so working with um, English second language, uh, response to intervention, gifted and talented education, dyslexia, all that kind of stuff. So um, I've been a curriculum director for six years now. Um, and previous to being a curriculum director, I've been a principal, I've been an assistant principal, um, and I started my career as a special education teacher, um, working with students with uh, significant disabilities. So um, that's kind of like my passion area. Awesome. I, I wish I knew more about Texas because whenever you said just outside of Tyler, that that doesn't help me. I wish <laughs> it did, but. <laughs> Close to Louisiana. There you go. That helps. All right. <laughs> so transitioning a little bit into Kappa Kappa Psi, uh, can you walk us through your journey as a brother uh, to where you are now? Wow, that's crazy. Um, so I became a brother in fall 2003 um, at Lock Haven. 
I met um, the first person that I ever met from the fraternity was Ed Savoy, who's on our board of trustees. And Ed was wearing um, a national convent 2000. Uh, three national convention shirt, a KK Psy hat. He had a bag that was like a KK Psy bag with a crest on it. I think Delta Sigma chapter used to sell those in fact. Um, and um, he was wearing, and he'll kill me for saying this, but I'm saying anyway, socks are kind of up to his knees and his dinkles. And I like this guy was just like loved the fraternity. He was the very first person I met. He welcomed me as I like came in and we're from rival high schools. And so he like knew who I was and, you know, that we had been from rival high schools and everything. And uh, he was like my first interaction with the fraternity. Um, and I, I played percussion. Um, so I played snare drum in the marching band and like our whole pretty much most of the percussion section were fraternity people. And so um, I wasn't sure if I was going to do the fraternity or sorority. And um, I was interested. I loved this idea that um, the thing that was my outlet, so I was not a music major, I was an education major. Um, this thing that when like I got to also do this this family thing, you know, this fraternity, like, I just thought this idea was so cool. And my chapter always does like a closed um, recruitment event um, that you get invited to. And I was invited to from both KKSI and TBS, but they do it at the same date, same time. So you have to choose. Mm -hmm. And um, I remember going like walking to the band hall and thinking like, I don't know which one I'm going to do. Like I really did it. And cause at, at the time I didn't really understand the difference between the two. Um, and I walked in and I just saw Ed and all these people that had been so friendly to me and had welcomed me and, and become my friends. And I was like, yeah, I think I'm going to do this one. So and, at, at this point was, was Ed still wearing those knee high socks? Yes, he did. Listen, that was a, that was a fashion choice that he sported for a while. And I hope he listens to this episode. Yeah. Um, I hope and, he, I hope he does too, because I want to make the, make the call to Ed Savoy right now to bring that back for NAPCON. <laughs> I'm going to see if I can find a picture of this. Um, Ed Savoy circa early 2000, but it's, you know, and that's, I had a desire, like serving was easy for me because I was used to doing that in my high school band. And so it wasn't even about service. And I tell people this all the time that you, you should have a desire to want to help the band. And I did, you know, that came very easy to me, but I had this desire for family and to have these people to just be connected with on a different level. And I just love that idea. Still love that idea. It's one of my favorite things about the fraternity that we're an organization about people. And so joined um, and I was obviously all five years I was in college, I was active. Um, I was a social director, planned our band prom. Um, and, uh, then, um, I was vice president of service. I was chapter president for two years, um, got to help host a district event for the first time in like 20 years at our school. We did a, what we call a precinct meeting in the Northeast district. We got to host one, which was cool. Um, and just and to, to clarify, precinct meetings are the equivalents for the other districts of block meetings or area block meetings, meetings area workshops, state days, uh, any of that kind of stuff. And so the Northeast District split into three precincts, Northern, Central and Southern. And so we got to host the, the central meeting, um, which was cool um, and uh, became district president. Um, by uh, an acclamation vote that was unanimous, uh, which was a big deal in the Northeast. 
Um, and uh, it was it was crazy when I was district president, you know, right uh, a month after I got elected um, was the um, terrible uh, school shooting at Virginia Tech. Mm-hmm. And um, Virginia Tech was our, our host school for convention. So Adam Cantley, um, who was on council at the time, was the one that called me um, because at the time we didn't know if any of our brothers were involved. We knew that there were band members um, that had been shot, but we didn't know if they were fraternity or sorority at the time. And um, it was just really it was really scary. We didn't know what was going to happen, if we'd still be able to have convention there, how our chapters were going to deal with things. And Mm -hmm. um, my friend Lynn Gant. Um, was the chapter president there at Ada Beta, and he was also the person that was in charge of convention. Extraordinary human, um, and uh, they the chapters there just did a phenomenal job when we were able to host. Um, it was super cool because we we wanted to honor what had happened, but not make the convention about it. And so what we did was the Saturday of convention, um, we asked everybody to wear tech colors. So everybody got shirts made. It, oh, I mean, it was incredible or outfits or whatever it was. And so everybody wore tech colors um, on that Saturday to kind of just give a nod to what had happened and, and stuff. And so it was a very, it was a, it was a great convention, but it was one of the moments that I'll never I'll never forget. It was wild. Um, And so after I graduated, um, I uh, got married to Jack. Uh, We were district presidents together. We met at the 07 National Convention um, in Florida. And so we got married um, and Jack ran for district council um, right after we got married or for national council, sorry, and got elected VPSA. So um, I was always involved with the fraternity, but never... I never thought like if you had asked me this even five years ago, I would have told you you were crazy. Like this was not this was Jack's journey. This wasn't mine. And Jack was always super motivated to want to make the fraternity better. And he was always um, so passionate about the student voice and representing the students. Um, and so that was him. I loved doing workshops. And so as he would, we would go to conventions together um, and we move, I moved to Texas. And so I've, you know, gone to, I think I've gone to every Southwest district convention except one since 2008. Um, and so I was just always, I was a workshop presenter. I was always one that would help district presidents or mentor students and convince them to run for district office. And I was really comfortable in that role and loved it. Um, and just thought that's what I was going to do. And until, um, Evan Thompson, AKA my Jed Bart, the Jed Bartlett to my Leo McGarry, if you're a West Wing fan, um, Evan uh, appointed me, well, Jack and Evan appointed me to be on the curriculum committee because we were going to write this membership education program, national membership education program. And because I'm a curriculum writer and my education background, they wanted me to be on this committee. And so we started the work uh, to write the road to wisdom. And after we, started getting, I started being able to travel around the country to educate people on this and um, work with VPMs and and start to implement it. I was like, I think, I think I want to do more. And I remember Evan saying to me, um, if you're a West Wing fan, you know, there's a point where Leo runs for um, vice president the United States and Leo was always the guy in the background and Jed tells him like, it's time you have to do this. And it, we had that, that moment. And Evan was just like, this is your time. You have to do this. And, 
so I put my name in the hat and I got elected VPSA and um, here we are now, but I never, I don't think you're ever ready. I never expected this journey. Um, I just, the more that I did, the more that I realized that I just wanted to continue to serve uh, much like Jack. I wanted to make sure that we are an organization that's evolving for the students right now and not the organization of 20 years ago. And, um, I'm just thankful to be here and thankful to be able to have the opportunity to continue to serve. Awesome. So you kind of touch on this a little bit, but as we're talking about uh, adapting what we need to do as leaders to the fraternity right now, how, how does that uh, build up your vision for the next biennium as a national president? Um, you know, COVID obviously has really changed a lot of that. You know, when, I had a whole different idea um, when I was running for VPC, because when you run for VPCM, you are thinking about the the six year commitment. You know, you're not just thinking about those two years, you're VPCM. You're also thinking about how does that transition to become national president? And so two years ago, I never would have, ex- nobody would have expected we are where we are now. Um, and it's it's been a, a difficult year for our country. It's been a difficult year for our fraternity. Um, there are band programs that have suffered greatly because of COVID and chapters that have suffered as a result of that. Um, band programs that are closing, uh, chapters that are folding because they can't sustain themselves any longer or the, the band program is so... Um, in such danger of being closed that the chapters, the, the director is asking us to close the chapter so they could try to save the band program. It's just, it's so sad. And um, we have chapters um, that are, have just gone through a lot. Um, and I, in thinking about that and thinking about how, as we're starting to come out of this and people are starting to get vaccinated and things are starting to open back up and um, we're starting to begin to return to some sort of normalcy. I just kept thinking about what we needed to do in the next two years to rebuild. And so I got this idea of just coming back to the basics because I I think that we're going to have some chapters that have a lot of members that were initiated during COVID time. So they didn't get to see normal chapter operations um, or anything about normal functioning within a chapter. And they're just going to need that kind of support. And so I got this idea to recharge the brotherhood Mm -hmm. Um, charge in all caps um, as the charge is important to us as brothers, um, but recharge in a couple of ways. I think I, I want to make this personal for every brother, whether you are active or alumni or whatever your status, however long you've been a brother or candidate, I want to make this personal that we come recommit ourselves to the brotherhood to uphold our purposes, to uphold the teachings and that are found in our ritual and to breathe life into the organization again and making that a personal mission for every brother to recommit themselves. So whatever that looks like, um, whether it's mentoring your chapter, if you're an alum or getting reconnected in the organization, deciding to reserve, um, or if you're a student thinking about how we start to get people excited again about wanting to serve and wanting to do something greater than yourselves. I think the pandemic has mentally um, caused a lot of pain for people. And so we, we feel this 
we're everybody's sick of Zoom and we we need to start to get over the hump as we start to get back in person and to do the things that um, connect us. So I that's kind of where that idea sort of came from to just reconnect, to um, build the sense of fellowship, to remind ourselves of the values, um, to revitalize Mm-hmm. Um, the organization and why we do it. And I feel like if every brother took that step um, to recharge, um, that we can go into next biennium with excitement and with joy for serving, with joy and passion for the organization um, to help us start to get on the other side of this. Mm-hmm. So as, as we are moving towards the other side, this perhaps another new normal uh, as we're getting forth. Like, what what does this actually look like? Like, how do how do we move forward from where where we are now? Um. So when I was building this vision, um, I thought again, going back to basics, going back to the beginning. Um, I thought about um, in the beginning of our candidacy. Um, And we take an oath um, to master the teachings, to maintain the traditions and to keep the honor of the brotherhood. And and so I kind of developed this vision around that. And so thinking about the purposes, um, trying to make sure that the work that we're doing on the national level is rooted in that. So, for example, um, to improve our community, you know, the first purpose is that we should promote the existence and welfare of college bands. Um, And so we'll be having the communications team um, really looking at how we can do a better job of celebrating college bands um, and also lending our assistance and support to directors and sponsors uh, for training. Um, finding ways that we can champion band programs, finding ways that we can um, support band programs because there's so many band programs that are hurting. Mm-hmm. Um, if we're going to honor outstanding band members, um, I, I think that we need to make sure that our programs needs to our programs need to reflect um, our membership now, um, and we need to look at the programs we have, evaluate them to make sure that they're still doing well uh, or change them if they need to be changed or add things. Um, I also want to make sure when we think about honoring outstanding band members, that recruitment piece, um, that we start to build recruitment materials for chapters because it's something that we get asked for a lot, that the fraternity, like we have nothing. If you ask me for recruitment materials, I literally have nothing to give you. Um, So we're also going to be working on uh, recruitment um, at the national level. if we're gonna stimulate campus leadership, if we're gonna meet that that third purpose, then we need to make sure that we deploy the founder circle with fidelity, um, the leadership development program. So there's gonna be a big push at the beginning of the biennium to um, access the online materials that will be rolling out, um, to bring leadership speakers into events and programs, uh, to uh, really um, work on ourselves as leaders and continually develop ourselves as leaders so that we're seen as leaders on our campuses and in our band programs. And then also to work on that leadership track for alumni to, to allow them to have um, a way to get into national leadership. Because right now we have nothing. Um, you can sh- be chosen to serve on committees or things, but there's no real way to develop your skills as an alumnus if you want to be a leader in the fraternity. So uh, we're going to be working on that as well to develop training for our alumni. 
Um, if we're going to foster a close relationship between college bands by the performance of your music and the selection of worthwhile projects, then um, we're going to be looking at how we can expand um, the matching grant program to include money um, for music composed by minority composers, um, which is super important to me as we look at diversity, equity, and inclusion. Um, And when we think about projects as well, um, I want us to, again, focus in on our programs and look at our programming as far as what we do as chapters um, and what we offer as chapters to our band programs, but then also what we're offering nationally um, to our chapters and programming. And finally, when I think about our fifth purpose, um, to provide a pleasant and helpful social experience, um, I really think about how we interact as organizations and the opportunities that we give people and and how people view us. And um, that comes down to many of the brothers that have approached us about um, diversity, equity and inclusion in the organization and how we have to do better is an organization to be a fraternity that is reflective of the members that we have now and reflective of their voice. And so the the National Council has already created a tax task force um, that President Krasadovich will be appointing uh, April 1st um, to look at diversity, equity, and inclusion um, in the organization. Um, And they will create a report that's going to be presented at national convention. um, And we're going to work to make this a standing committee of the organization so that they work like many of our other committees that are working throughout the biennium to um, address these issues, um, point out areas that we can do better, um, provide um, programming and support, look at things like creating an Our Diversity Matters lesson in the Road to Wisdom so that we're educating the brotherhood about the, the one of the things that makes our organization so, so great and so wonderful, which is our diversity. Um, and also look at areas that um, policies or procedures um, that might be not equitable um, to certain institutions or certain people. Um, I feel like this is an area that we have to focus on next biennium, that we have to make a priority. Um, I'm very passionate about making sure that our students have a voice in this about where they want to see the fraternity go um, in regards to diversity, equity, inclusion, and so that we are an organization that they are proud to be a part of and proud to join. And I want our students to be a big part of that driving force behind where we go with that. Mm -hmm. So those are just some of the ideas that we have. National convention gives us a lot of direction for the biennium as well, because these different committees that'll be in place will give us reports and guidance on how our students want us to move forward in the next biennium as well. But those are just some of the things that when I think about next biennium that um, we'll be working to focus on. I'm I'm glad you brought up uh, the DEI committee or task force or whatever the official name of it will be. Um, Because I think... Well, COVID has obviously like decimated a lot of our band programs and our personal experiences, maybe professional lives as well. Like an, an increased emphasis on DEI is one of the things that I think we have grown into this past year. So I'm, I'm glad that there is um, a big push for this moving forward. Um, one thing that I'm, I'm kind of curious about is, so there'll be the, the, the national uh, D, 
DEI committee or task force. Uh, how, how, do, do you view that as like a pathway for other similar committees to operate on the district level? Absolutely. No, I, and I'm so glad you brought that up, Jack, because I, I think that the only way that we get better as an organization is if we continually find ways for students to have these conversations and give us their input. And so um, we'll have a national committee that's going to give us input, viewing the fraternity in a national way. I think that we should also have those committees on the district level so that districts can look at, again, look at things from the district perspective. Um, I think that eventually it would be nice for chapters to maybe have a DEI officer or something like that in their chapter so that we can make sure that we're having equitable equitable and inclusive practices in our chapters. Um, As someone that comes from a background in special education, um, inclusion is a very important word to me. I have a daughter that has autism. And so when I think about the word inclusion, I think about creating a safe and supportive space for every person in the fraternity. We should not have somebody in the fraternity that feels like this isn't an organization that represents them, that this isn't an organization that is open to them. And if if we're not doing our part as a national organization to address this head on, to admit where we've made mistakes and to be better because of it, then why are we even here? We're an organization about people and we need to make sure that every brother feels um, safe, included, supported um, from every chapter, regardless of who you are, how you identify or where you're from. Mm-hmm. So if, if somebody wants to get uh, more involved with a specific DEI committee, either on a district or national level, how would somebody try to go about that? So um, there's going to be a volunteer application that comes out April, May time. Um, there will be for alumni and also for students. Um, so as far as um, wanting to serve on a national committee, we have students on all of our national committees. Um, so if you're a student that wants to be more involved in the national work, they'll have that opportunity. Um, my plan this summer um, when we do our district leadership conference, which if you're listening and you don't know what that is, or sorry, a national leadership conference, um, all of the national, um, sorry, all of the district officers meet with the national leadership in a conference that's planned by the VPCM in the summertime. And so part of our work um, this summer, we'll be talking about how this can start to trickle down to the district level. Um, Kappa Kappa Psi has um, paid to work with a a DEI consultant through um, PFA, uh, Professional Fraternity Association. And so uh, we have the opportunity to work with an outside um, diversity, equity, inclusion consultant to help us um, look at these issues organizationally. And part of that is listening sessions, creating this task force, um, but also looking at what does this look like for the district level and the chapter level. Mm -hmm. Um, So we'll be doing some of that work this summer to help lay the groundwork for districts to be able to do some of these things as well. Um, So I would say if you're somebody that's interested in that, um, to be looking in early fall for information from the district level um, and in looking in April, May time for that volunteer application if you want to do something on the national level. And when in doubt, Jessica Lee at kksci.org, send me an email. 
Awesome. Uh, so you mentioned a little bit with, with PFA and I want to kind of transition that into some other different outside organizations that Kevin uh, Campus has going to be working with, one of them being Salesforce. Uh, so can you talk a little bit about how Kevin Campus is going to be using Salesforce moving forward? Yes. Um, so uh, one of the exciting endeavors that we have started to do is to create OMRS 2.0. Um, our current OMRS system was a vision um, from past national president Derek Mills. And having been a student where you had to um, handwrite or type your reports, um, and some people made them literally like scrapbooks, and you had to mail them to national headquarters. Um, in the NED, you had to mail them to the governors, the national headquarters, and the district president. And so when I was district president, I had a giant binder of every chapter's reports that when we would do our one-on-one -on -one meetings with them, I would just literally flip through. So um, th that vision of Derek's was huge. OMRS became a thing in 2008-9. It was right after I graduated. Um, and uh, well, it started before I graduated, but that very last year, I think I was a student, was when we had moved online. Um, and so OMRS was a big deal. And we were able to put all this information into one spot. Um, but obviously, if you have used the OMRS, you know that it is just a system that only works as well as the data you put into it. Um, and especially there's a lot of things that we would love to be able to capture that we can't. Um, so, for example, um, when um, national headquarters or as a national officer, if I get a phone call from someone, there's no way to track that. I know that sounds funny, but um, it would be nice to be able to track that in some way. And Salesforce will give us that opportunity. Um, the other thing about Salesforce is it gives us, it has a lot of integration with other programs. Um, so we can actually host training now where you would be able to log into Salesforce and be able to do training. So my eventual goal is that um, Road to Wisdom, uh, the Inner Circle, the Founder Circle, all of those education programs that we have would be found um, when you would log into Salesforce, that you would be able to go through them as courses and that we can continue to expand those courses um, so that chapters can get or sorry, members can get a certificate. So we can create a risk management policy course that everybody can go through. Uh, we can create for new directors and sponsors, we can create a, a new a course for them so that they they know what they're supposed to do. We don't have anything like that right now. Um, so the education side of it is one of the things that really spoke to me because um, I feel like we can offer our members more in one place rather than going through Google Classroom or something like that. It's all protected, which is nice. Um, but we're going to have, we're looking at the, the uh, ability to be able to individually pay your dues like many other organizations do. Like there's just so much that it can do, um, statistics that it can track that we don't have. Like if you asked me right now, um, what's our statistically, how many, um, what is our gender breakdown for brothers? I have no idea. I have no idea as far as breakdown of for what instrument people play. Like we just don't have a way to track those statistics. Um, what Salesforce will be able to, we'll be able to have a, a better understanding of who our members are. Um, so it's very exciting. Um, the idea is that um, we would hopefully be able to launch this um, for January 
2022. Um, if not, we're not sure if we'll be able to do, we may be able to do the fall activity report in Salesforce, or maybe we'll be piloting the fall activity report in Salesforce. So some chapters might be doing it so that we can make sure we're getting the glitches out. Um, but the nice thing is Salesforce is a huge company. There are other fraternities and sororities that use Salesforce the way that we do. Um, the OMRS was a program that was built specifically for us. So it's very difficult to update where with Salesforce, we'll have a lot more, we'll have a much easier time updating things and keeping things current than we're able to right now. That sounds awesome to me. <laughs> As someone who's used the OMRS before. Uh, so I guess one, uh, I, I want to talk about just one, maybe one more big change that might be coming uh, in the future. And that is the ever elusive seventh district of Cabasai, the international district. Can you speak a little bit more towards uh, what could potentially happen in the coming years? Yeah. So, um, I have to give credit to Dr. McDavid, um, who's a director in Washington Gamma Chapter, um, who reached out to uh, BPCM Erica Pope and I um, about possibly colonizing in Canada. So we have had some conversations with some directors in Canada that are interested, um, but we have some work to grow. Actually, they uh, told us that um, they would like to, they were interested, but they don't want to be the only ones. Um, and so, of course, Eric and I are super excited about that possibility. Um, we we have some work to do, though. Um, going international sounds amazing, and it is, but there's work that we have to do um, on the corporate level, on the business level, um, but also to make ourselves more appealing to other countries. Um, the word colonization is a, a very negative term, and definitely, um, especially in Canada, that has um, a large population of Indigenous people, that's very off-putting. Mm -hmm. So um, I will be putting forward a constitutional amendment to change my title um, to vice president uh, for membership and expansion, um, and to move away from the word colonization and use the word expansion instead. Mm -hmm. um, I think that's important important, again, on going back to diversity, equity, inclusion, to be a more inclusive organization and a considerate organization. I think that's a, a positive step forward to us. Um, and so that would mean changing our, our page and for colonization and, and all of our our application and everything else. Um, but also we have to do things like figure out how much it costs to colonize in Canadian dollars, um, how much uh, what does that mean um, for our, um, you know, we would change us to be the, you know, Kappa Kappa Psi International um, Honorary Band Fraternity. And what what does it mean to go along with that? And do our CFRs have to get passports? And do they become their own district? Or are they going to be a part of the other districts for a little while? There's a lot to figure out. Um, and so uh, we're, we're starting to look at that. Um, I don't know how soon this will be. Um, but we do have some potential interest. And um, it's something that uh, I'm very excited about and hopeful for um, that we'll be able to take some positive steps forward in that direction next biennium. <laughs> awesome. Another thing that I just thought about too is like if if we ever have to go, uh, if I ever uh, expand, I'll use the, the more inclusive term there, uh, in Quebec, like we have to train, we have to have a whole French uh, side of it as well. Like that's a <laughs> 
another yeah. change. Yeah. And, and um, one of the things that we also talked about doing was reaching out to organizations that are like us mm-hmm. um, to find out um, what they're if they have chapters in Canada, what they're doing and what things look like. Like one of the things that was pointed out to us was our um, application um, doesn't have province on that, which you need for Canada. And I was like, I didn't even know. And so just little things like that to um, show that if we were to, to start to expand into Canada, we need to, um, make sure that it's, we don't want, just want a token chapter. Um, we want to do this inclusively. We want to do this authentically um, and make sure that we're, we're thinking about every um, possible way to be um, understanding of their culture, understanding of the way that they do things um, so that we can be attractive as an organization that um, those programs want us to be a part of. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Uh, so I guess I, I've, I've taken up a, a lot of your time already today. Um, so I guess I'll just, I'll finish with, is, is there anything else that you want to talk about in either big changes that might be coming or anything else about what Jessica being president means for the fraternity? <laughs> um, here's what I will say. Cavagabasai is an organization that's about people and relationships. And when you join this organization, um, I hope that you're joining because you have a desire to serve something greater than yourself. And you have a desire to build this awesome relationship with the people in your chapter. Um, I, I hope that it's that way for every member. And I know that the pandemic has made it really difficult to foster those relationships. So next biennium is we're able to start opening up travel and, and have these times. Um, the pleasant and helpful social experience will be very important to me. Um, it's something that I want to make sure happens at our district conventions um, that will happen at our national convention to have time to just fellowship and reconnect because that's how you continue to stay. You continue to serve building those relationships with other chapters and other people that you meet. Um, I, I just think that's so important um, to have that foundation in the work that we do. And so you'll see that um, as something that is a theme that you'll see throughout Albany to connect. Um, the other thing is that um, we are going to do a better job of communicating with our membership. Um, you're going to see regular communication happening from the council in written form, in video form. Um, we're going to do office hours um, that are done over Zoom where with people have questions about the work of the council that they're able to get on and talk to a real person. Um, I want us to be accessible as a council And it's very important to me that people see us as not Mount Nationals, but actual people that are there um, that want to genuinely help chapters and brothers. And so uh, those are two things that um, I want to make sure are a priority over the biennium on top of DEI and some of those other committees and work um, that I've mentioned. But um, I want us to see one another as people, as brothers and connect in that way. I hope that if you are a brother listening to this, that you get the sense that we are trying to be a better Kappa Kappa Psi. And if you have ideas about that, 
and want to be a part of that, then email me at jessicalee at kksi.org because I am interested in what every brother has to say. I am interested in people's ideas. Um, I am the type of person that likes to um, get a lot of input, have a lot of collaboration. Um, and if you're a brother that has something to say or wants to put their voice in there or um, wants to do that work, then please reach out to me because um, obviously I don't know every brother that's active or alum. Um, so I, I, I just invite you to do that, to reach out to me. Um, if you want to be involved, we're gonna find a place for you. All right. Well, thank you, Jessica, for your time today. Thank you for uh, everything that you've done for the fraternity already and what you plan on doing uh, over the next two years as national president and IPP after that. Um, so uh, for KKSI Presents moving forward, next up will be uh, TJ Coleman, Southwest District President, who will be interviewing our candidates for Vice President for Colonization Membership, uh, Mike Napolitano, who is your current VP uh, National Vice President for Programs, as well as Latrondrick Hunter, who is a former Southeast Governor. And with that, uh, we'll wrap up for today. Jessica, thank you again for your time. Thanks, it was a pleasure. All right. Have a good one, everybody.